I, I don't know. I feel like almost we could just stop right here. Um, you're going to get two imagos today. When I see God, I see him in my wife. She's totally a person that just seeks after God's heart, and I just appreciate her words very much. So um, I thank you for that, and I thank you for the worship. And I just want to pray really quick. Um, Jeremy and Brittany, you're about to just head off. Is anybody going with you from your family or just you guys? So I just want to open in prayer really quick and and pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. Uh, Lord, I thank you that your spirit is just flowing through this place. Lord, I just lift up Brittany and Jeremy to you, and I just pray for safe travels. Lord, that they were here to worship with us, and now are heading off to a wedding. I just pray for safe journeys, and I just pray that they make it on time. Uh, Lord, I just uh, thank you that we can be here. I just pray that, um, that my words today are not mine, that they are yours. I prayed earlier today that if you need me to get out of the way, that you will move me. So, Lord, I just pray for your blessing on the rest of this time, and we just ask this in your name. Amen. All right, <clears throat> that's it. I got the crying over with. So, um, so every, t- every, every message, I'm really big on titles. And um, I was going to put up a PowerPoint, uh, but I thought that would scare, you know, some of the students that are here. Uh, so, and actually, just putting on these shoes kind of scared me because school is three weeks away. So it was a little frightening. But uh, my, my um, all right, four weeks for you guys, three for me. Uh, the title is Finding Power in Persistent and Faith-Filled Prayer, um, or a secondary title, just in case that one was not lit enough or something. Uh, I'd like to also say, that's why we pray. And notice the way I said it, kind of a little bit cool, uh, because in the words of the great poet and dancer, MC Hammer, we got to pray just to make it today. Here's a little clip. That should be enough also. I mean, uh, what a great way to start a day with MC Hammer. I mean, honestly, it's just awesome. I mean, and it, there's truth in that. And so we're going to focus on prayer uh, today. And so my, um, my topic will be out of, uh, we'll read out of Luke 11, 1 through 13. Uh, but I'm just going to do a little pre, um, I don't know, addressing the topic a little bit. So it's going to be focused on prayer. Um, and my goal definitely is not to wow and amaze anybody. Uh, and it's also not to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Um, we're going to do a lot of praying at the end of the service, and you can definitely get involved with that. Um, and it's not to be super emotional, although I've already blown that. Um, it really is just to pray. Uh, and so I want to be honest about my own struggles also today. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, the things that I struggle with as far as my prayer life, um, but I also want to focus on the hope and the truth that can only come through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So, um, you might be asking yourself, is this guy some kind of prayer expert? I mean, what gives him the authority to come and speak to us about prayer? Uh, and you might also say, well, he's on the prayer team. That must qualify him. Um, but 
if I had to describe my own prayer life to you guys, I would say at times, it is woeful. At times, it's uninspired. Um, it's probably the area in my life, uh, in my walk with Christ, that I probably struggle with the most. And yet, here I am today, going to talk to you guys about prayer. Um, and so I just, I want to thank Aaron, and give a shout out uh, to Aaron, that sometimes he puts us through, uh, through God, through some hard things, and this has been a difficult week. Uh, preparing for this as far as prayer goes. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just going to give you an example of two things that I struggle with as far as prayer. Um, number one, sometimes, and I think we can all relate to this, that um, sometimes we feel like there's unanswered prayer. Uh, and I know this is not truth at all, but I know that sometimes as human we feel, feel this way. Uh, and I think many of you in this room can relate to, an an, to a, a situation like I'm going to present to you. Um, it's not unique to me, but, <clears throat> but it's specifically in my life. I prayed for healing for my dad. And I watched him battle through cancer, as many of you have in your own lives. And it just seemed like, God, you're either not hearing my prayer or I'm not doing this correctly. And yet I know that to not to be true. So I'm going to throw that out there up front and realize that when we come to the finish of this, that um, the truth and the hope just overcomes all of that. Another struggle, and this is a daily struggle. Um, sometimes when I pray, I'm just not focused. Um, even I try to do devotions in the morning and I'll pray and I'll nod off and I'm like, how can I be in the presence of the God of the universe and fall asleep? Like, whoa, he should just end it right there. Um, or just, the, I let the cares of the world just kind of overtake my prayer life. And so those are like, if I'm being honest, those are two just really big areas of struggle for me. Um, so I want to kind of look at God's word and kind of address those. Uh, and maybe I'll address them, and maybe I won't, but that's my hope. Um, so I don't know if I've come up with any answers. Uh, but I do hope that as we continue on this journey that we can be there for each other. Uh, because as you're going to see towards the end of this, um, we're going to come together in prayer, and we're going to be a family in prayer. Um, I can tell you what I am. I'm a follower. I'm a seeker. Uh, I'm somebody that um, is definitely a sinner. But I also realize, and Ginger says this a lot, I'm a believer who's been saved by grace. Uh, and I have God's word to guide me. And so I have these things as far as getting me through these struggles with my prayer life. I ran into a really cool quote this week, and it's from a pastor. It's, the quote was from Pastor J.D. So if anybody knows who Pastor J.D. is, I'd love to know who this guy is, but I'm going to quote him anyway. Uh, it says, we are beggars telling a bunch of other beggars where to find bread. Uh, that's what we are. So my prayer this morning is that maybe together we'll find a little bread. Um, so, we're going to read the passage in Luke. Uh, some of it's going to be super familiar, probably all of it. And it's on page 599 in the handy blue Bibles that are around the, <coughs> the room if you need one. I might as well blow my nose really quick. Well, I probably, that's probably not what you should do. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. <coughs> so, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. It says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, so this is Jesus speaking, When you pray, say, 
Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we uh, ourselves... um, Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not in temptation. Uh, Verses 5 through 13. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get caught up, uh, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet, because of his impotence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Uh, knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door is opened. What father among you, uh, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, uh, know how to get good, get good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Uh, and so that's what we'll be basing um, the rest of the message on today. So for the first part of this message, um, it's pretty familiar. The Lord's Prayer. Uh, many of us have, have said it um, time and time again. Um, and I really... Sorry. I appreciated last week, was it Pastor Keith? Is that who was here last week? Um, he took a story, the, old, the, the, the Good Samaritan, uh, and just brought it to light in just an amazing new way. Um, and so I don't want to just brush by the Lord's Prayer and say, oh, what's the Lord's Prayer? And then we're going to move on to what I want to talk about. Um, I, I do want to just give a plug for House Church. Um, and so that's the, the midweek gatherings that we're not doing in the month of July, but um, that are... are are part of being deeper together with a church family, and they are just so essential. And I just I want to thank April uh, McClure, uh, who took the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so this was at the end of our meeting a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And she just broke it apart piece by piece, and we were able to pray each part of the Lord's Prayer and just focus on what uh, that segment meant. And I, I just tell you what, if you have a chance to do that in your own private um, times with God, it's just amazing. Uh, and also, Kim uh, took us through uh, another similar prayer walk. And I just, I just, I think that there's such power uh, being together with believers and praying that way. So I would encourage you, if you're not in a house church, to do that. So thank you for leading us that way, April. Um, so I just want to point out one thing. In verse 1 uh, of this passage, um, the disciples asked Jesus, Hey, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. Um, so, in one of the commentaries I read this week about this passage, um, Warren Wiersbe uh, provides some unique um, kind of insights or asks this crazy question about John the Baptist. He basically asks, why did John the Baptist need to pray? I mean, think about John the Baptist and some of the, the ways he was different than the rest of us today. Uh, first of all, uh, um, Wiersbe says that John the Baptist had the Holy Spirit before he was born. I mean, in the womb. Uh, most of us can't really say that. Um, he knew Jesus personally. Uh, he walked together with Jesus. Uh, he was described by Jesus himself as one of the greatest prophets. So again, these are differences that we uh, don't necessarily line up with John the Baptist this way. But yet, John the Baptist still 
valued prayer and knew the importance of prayer enough to where he taught his disciples, hey, daily you need to be in prayer. Uh, And so Jesus' disciples asked for the same thing. Teach us how to pray. Uh, And the Lord's Prayer is a masterpiece as far as how we connect with God the Father. Uh, And so I thought that was just really encouraging for us. Hey, John the Baptist, he's kind of a unique guy, but yet still saw the value in prayer every day. Um, So now verses 5 through 13. Um, I believe this, this passage, I'm laughing because I'm about to a, to a drama for you that involves my wife, but she's going to be sitting there. So I'm just excited. Um, so basically I'm breaking this down into two kind of themes. Uh, the first part is persistence in prayer and how important it is for us uh, as followers of Christ to be persistent. Uh, and the second part of the passage toward the end is about uh, the goodness of, the heavenly fa- of our Heavenly Father. And uh, I'm just always so amazed when, I, when God connects all these pieces for me because I don't know if you could have counted how many times we said good in relation to our Heavenly Father today during worship. It's like, it's just so true. And so we'll focus on that too towards the end. So imagine uh, if you go back to verses 5 through 8. She'll let this open. Uh, it says this. <clears throat> uh, he said to them, which of you has a friend who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loves. So let's just equate this to modern day times. So here's a little bit of a drama. So there's going to be three participants, um, all of them, which is kind of fun. So I'm myself. I'm also playing the lovely Mrs. Davidson. And I'm playing my neighbor, Bob, who I don't really have a neighbor, Bob, but that's who I'll, I'll, I'll have. So um, so just imagine, to your neighborhood, it's midnight, midnight, so midnight at my house, this is what it looks like, I've been asleep for probably two or three hours, Ginger's been asleep for about three and a half to four hours, <laughs> it's midnight, it's late. So, and then there's this, a knock at the door. So actually at my house, to make this a little different, before this actually happens my dog has magically sensed all this and has been barking (laughs) frantically for 15 seconds she's going crazy so if you know my dog you know he's capable of just crazy stuff so he's going crazy um so there's a knock on the door so now ginger and i are having a conversation this is me jeff no this is ginger why is the dog barking i don't know (laughs) don't you think you should get out of bed and figure it out no Please. Okay, at this point, Jeff, I'm grumble, grumble. I might say some bad words to the dog. And then I say, okay, beautiful. This is kind of how it happened. So I get out of bed. I go upstairs. So this this is the crazy part. My dog is kind of, he's really nice to our family, but when you first meet him, he's kind of ferocious. So I have to put the dog in the garage or another room so that he won't attack the midnight intruder. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It seems a little counterproductive to put your guard dog in another room behind a door, but that's what I do. That's what I have to do. So um, now I'm going to have a con- conversation with my, my neighbor, Bob. So Bob will be here. I'll be over here. Um, okay, I'm over here. I open the door. Hey, Bob. Is everything okay? It's midnight. Is there an emergency? Bob. Hey, Jeff. Are you asleep? Were you asleep? Um, I just need some ice, man. We just ran out. So, me again. There's, there's no emergency? Is your wife okay? Do you know it's midnight? 
I shut the door. This time, I get more of this. Ding dong. He rings the doorbell. The dog, again, in the other room, not keeping me safe, is going crazy. Do you know it's midnight, Bob? Uh, We're making smoothies. We need some ice. Are you sick, Bob? Do you have a strep throat? (laughs) Slam the door. Okay, third time. Knocking, going crazy. So here I am. He is not going to go away until I give him some ice. So I go get some ice. Um, At the same time I'm getting the ice, I hear a a comment from Ginger again. What's going on up there? She's not going to come up, but what's going on up there? Dog's going crazy. I get the ice. I open the door. I don't say a word to Bob, but I give it to him. Boom. Okay. That's the modern day rendition of five through eight, um, which is, you know, may not be totally in line biblically, but it's, it's right there. So, um, so it's interesting because in verse eight of the ESV, uh, if the translation that we read, it, um, it states that because of the man's impotence, uh, the neighbor got out of bed. So I got out of bed, gave him the ice just as he requested, um, so, of course, I don't know what that word means. I have to look it up. So, the Webster's Dictionary defines impotent as being shamelessly bold or insolent. So, here's another bad thing. I hate it when I read a uh, definition and I have to look up the word that's in the definition. So, I had to look up the word insolent. And insolent means to be boldly disrespectful. So, the description here is the, the neighbor who asked for the fish was... Uh, not only boldly disrespectful, he was just shamelessly bold, uh, so just kind of rude. Um, so this is interesting when, it, when you connect this to prayer. Uh, and so this is the, the, the kind of hard part for me to make connections. But um, so the question here is, why uh, did Jesus tell us to pray this way, to be bold and persistent? Um, we're told in verses 9 to 10, uh, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find uh, knock and it will be open for everyone who asks receives and the one who finds and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be open um, the life application bible gives a description of these verses uh, when it talks about persistent prayer it says persistence in prayer um, helps us to come overcome our insensitivities uh, not necessarily god's insensitivities uh, i think another way to say this is that the longer we're in communication. So the more persistent we are, the more bold we are when we are seeking things from our Lord, um, really the more we will become in tune with God's heart uh, and His leading will become uh, what guides us. Uh, the, 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 this life application version goes on to say that persistence in prayer helps us to change our heart and our mind and our attitude and it helps us to focus on our true need. Um, Wearsby describes the original tense of the verbs as Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Uh, he refers to this as being in constant communion. Um, and I think this is the difficult part. When we, uh, when we pray and we, we, like I had described my own struggles, and we just like, I'm I just not seeing an answer, or it might not be the answer that we're looking for. Um, I think the, the key here is that when we're persistent, when we're constantly seeking, um, we will get closer to what God's heart is. We will get closer to seeing what God truly wants us um, to learn through this or, or how to, to deal with this problem or this need that we have. Um, so when I focus back on the times in my life uh, when God hasn't answered how I wanted my persistent prayers, I know now that he actually did. 
Um, I know that if I shift my attention away from my needs or my wants, that God has answered the prayer. I know that my dad is ultimately healed. So I know that he's answered that prayer. Um, And sometimes we understand the answer, and sometimes we don't. Uh, But I know for sure that God, through this, loves me, and that he cares for me. Um, And and so we have to focus on that. Um, Hudson Taylor said these words, and this is just really cool. God wants us to have something far better than riches or gold. Um, And what he wants us to have is a helpless dependence on him. That's so powerful. Um, That's just amazing truth. Um, When we boldly pray, our prayer uh, may not be answered the way we think it should be, uh, but we can lose, and and sometimes we lose hope, and our faith might be weakened through that. But during those times when we are struggling, um, we need to really just focus on that hopeless dependence upon God. Uh, And so, uh, uh, to me, that was just an amazing little phrase that he had. Um, And Wearsby also says, because he knows us, God, our Father, and loves us. We never need to be afraid of the answer that he gives. So in the second part of this, uh, verses 11 through 13, uh, I just want to read that again really quick. Um, This is where we get to our good, good Father. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, um, know how to good give good. Give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Um, We have a good, good Father who wants the best for each one of us. uh, And He will give us good gifts. Um, So when I reflect on these verses, of course, being human, I have to reflect on gifts that I have given or received. Um, And I I think about it in in the aspect of well, you know, we're trying to get good gifts, but even, you know, we, the verse describes us as evil, yet we're still capable of giving good gifts. So here's some examples of some amazing gifts that I have given. Um, I gave a rolling pin to my wife for Christmas. It's awesome. Um, we got Jake a water filtration kit. That was awesome. A suitcase for Aubrey. These are all just amazing gifts. Um, <laughs> But the one that tops it all is, is the gift that my dad gave my mom for Christmas. Ginger reminded me of this. This is brilliant. He gave her not just one, but two vacuum cleaners. It was brilliant. Uh, yeah, it was, I just never have seen such bravery. Anyway, I think he slept with one that night, that vacuum cleaner. So, um, so in all seriousness, if we think about... Just the daily good, good gifts we get from our Father. Um, and Ginger just brought this to light in so many great ways. I mean, the beauty of our garden. A daily good, good gift from our good Father. Um, a, sp- a spectacular sunbra- sunrise. The breath that you just took. That is a gift. A smile from a stranger. Um, and I know in my own life that I don't focus enough on these small, great gifts that God gives me. Um, if I spent more time on on these gifts and we're thankful for them i know i would spend a lot less time on uh the struggles and the cares of life um so i love the words of chris tomlin's song uh good good father i'm not going to sing it uh even though aaron told me i should sing but i'm not going to um you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you 
It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's so simple, yet so true. Um, the most amazing gift that our Heavenly Father has given us, of course, is His Son. Uh, he allowed His Son to leave His throne that He rightly was sitting at to come to earth and live with us and to love us and to walk with us. Uh, and ultimately, He took that love to the cross um, where He died for us. And so if you think about the best gift, that is the best gift. Uh, and I know it's just my prayer and others' prayers that if you don't know that truth, that, that you would come to realize that, that God has given you that gift, uh, that he loves you that much, that he sacrificed his own son. Um, verse 13, I think, to wrap up the, uh, this part of the, the scriptures, um, reveals another amazing gift that God has given us. Uh, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Um, if I just read that again really quick, it says... Uh, if you then, who are evil, know how to good, good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So part of our, our, our asking, our seeking, and our knocking, um, the answer is the Holy Spirit. I mean, God gives us this incredible gift. Um, so, I mean, and the incredible, incredible thing about this gift, if you think about it, I mean... Um, and I've read this a lot of places, but the Holy Spirit is all we truly need. I mean, that same power that's within, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us through the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think that we just don't hold on to that and trust that enough. I mean, I wrote in this that imagine that, believe that. If we believe that power, um, how God would use us to change the world. Um, and I know that that is something that we struggle with. And I... Um, uh, just looking at the time, making sure we're okay. But on, in Mark uh, chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, I'm not going to read all these, but that's on page 583 uh, in the blue book here, in the blue Bible. Um, it basically is a story of a man who brings his son uh, to Jesus to be healed. Uh, and he actually um, was demon-possessed or spirit-possessed, um, and he had brought his son to the disciples and they couldn't heal this, this, this young man. Um, but this man had enough faith to bring him to Jesus Christ himself and ask for Jesus to heal him. So I'm just going to read 22 uh, through 24. Uh, and so Jesus, prior to that, had asked him how long his son had had this, this condition. Uh, and he said since childbirth. And in verse 22 it says, And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, this is a crazy answer. And um, I, I mean, I would love to look into this more and just uh, go into this deeper. And so I would encourage you guys to do that on your own time. Um, his answer is so interesting. He says, if you can, if you can, with an exclamation point, all things are possible for one who believes. And so he's really kind of throwing it back at the man whose faith has brought him to, for, his, for him to heal his son. Uh, he's saying, you have that power if you can. Um, Jesus ultimately heals him. He says, immediately the father cried out and said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Uh, and so the encouragement here is a couple things. I mean, Jesus is telling him, you have that power through the Holy Spirit uh, if you can. Um, and 
it's just so interesting. At the very end of that passage, it talks about, um, he asks, well, why couldn't the disciples drive this, this demon out? And he said, this kind can only be driven out, can, can be driven out by anything but prayer. Uh, and so we, through prayer, through persistent, faith-filled prayer, um, we have that power. Uh, and I just, I know in my own life, my own life, the struggle is believing that we have that power and trusting in that. Um, so, and I love the fact that the description is right there for what I should do when I'm struggling, what we should all do when we struggle, cry out to God, help me with my faith, help me with my unbelief. Uh, and he, God is faithful. He is good, good, good father. He will send his spirit to strengthen me. So kind of to conclude, um, I just want to leave you with a couple more really encouraging quotes. I mean, part of this week was just so overwhelming for me as far as the things that God showed me um, that trying to condense it all uh, was pretty difficult. But one, uh, one really cool um, uh, quote concerning prayer was from Philip Brooks. He states, uh, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. So we're not breaking down God's will. Uh, it is laying hold of his highest willingness. We have a good, good who father who wants to give us his best. Uh, and in regards to persistent prayer, uh, Wearsby says, Persistence is prayer in prayer is not attempting to change God's mind, but to give ourselves a place where he can trust us with the answer. So we have to continually seek. We have to continually ask. We have to continually knock. And when we do that, we're in communion with God, and his heart is going to be revealed to us. The more we ask, seek, knock, the better we will know him. Um, so this is the craziest thing. So I, in my morning devotions, I try to do my utmost for, my, for his highest. And uh, today's July 16th. Today's the day that uh, Aaron asked me to speak. And today's the day that um, Oswald discusses this concept of asking in prayer. And it just blows me away. So I'm going to read this short paragraph. It said, Jesus said, There are times when God cannot lift the darkness from you, but you should trust him. At times God will appear like an unkind friend, but he is not. He will appear like an unnatural father, but he is not. He will appear like an unjust judge, but he is not. Keep the thought that uh, keep the thought that the mind of God is behind all things strong and growing. Not even the smallest detail of life happens unless God's will is behind it. Therefore, you can rest in perfect confidence in him. Prayer is not only asking, but it is an attitude of the mind which produces the atmosphere in which you're asking in perfectly natural. You're asking perfectly natural. Ask and it will be given to you. Uh, God is truly amazing. So, um, to finish here, um, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, but if you've ever read The Circle Maker, um, where it talks about, uh, is it Honai? So this is a, a legendary Jewish guy. So it's in, from the Book of Legends, which describes uh, Jewish rabbis. Um, it talks about this guy who, towards the end of, uh, when the prophets were there, um, there's a 400-year gap before Jesus came, uh, and so it was kind of a, mo uh, a period of silence, uh, according to the Jewish culture, that they didn't hear from God. Um, and so there was this guy, there was a drought, and it was really severe. Uh, and this guy, Honai, 
um, was well known for doing this little circle thing. And so um, he would take his staff uh, and he did this and he would he would just turn it in the in the soil around him. Um, and he made a complete circle. Um, and he would stand in that circle and proclaim that he's not getting out of the circle until God answers his prayer. Um, and I just want to end today with uh, a little bit of intercessory prayer, uh, knowing that it's everything, that God is powerful to do mighty things um, in our lives personally uh, and in our uh, church and in our country and in our city. And so um, to end today, I just Oswald Chamber um, has this last quote. He says, As a saved soul, so as a follower of Christ, the real business of your life is intercessory prayer. Um, so I just want to spend a little time to conclude, and you can um, turn the lights off, Wes, and thank you that um, we're just going to do a little intercessory prayer, and I've asked a couple people to kind of come up here um, and kind of help me out on that. Um, so you guys can come up now. Did you hear homework assignment? <laughs> Sorry. I forgot. Whatever is on your heart. So, like, Greeley in general? Okay. Okay. Awesome. Sorry, I forgot to ask one person that I forced to be up here, so that's really nice. But, um, but, and, and I, I really, I feel I should have invited our entire house church up. And if you want to come up and something's on your heart, feel free, seriously. Um, so that's up to you. But I, I didn't get a chance to get talk to everybody. So, um, if I just go back to that picture of the circle, uh, where it's a legend, but yet, if you think about the way um, this man focused on prayer, and that he was willing to go persistently and boldly to ask uh, his Heavenly Father for rain, um, we need to be like, like that in our prayer lives, to be persistent, to be faith-filled, and to realize that our Father is a good, good Father, and He wants to give us uh, the things that we need. And the more that we're in communion with them, the more we'll realize what those needs truly are. So um, I've asked you guys to pray for a couple things, and so um, I'll just kind of have you pass the mic down, and we'll spend a little bit of time in prayer. I don't know how to turn it on. You're a pro. Okay. So we'll right. just um, spend a little time in prayer, and then we'll conclude with um, another short little prayer. So. Jesus, you are a savior. Father, you're good to us. And you've given us a spirit, Lord, to guide us and move us through life, um, through our needs, through our, our, our hills and our valleys. God, that's, that's why, why you gave us a spirit, and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Right now, I just wanted to pray for um, the ministry partnerships in Church Project, those um, wonderful, wonderful missionaries who are focused on reaching Greeley. Uh, God, it's hard work. It's such hard work. It's exhausting and trying and heartbreaking. Lord, strengthen strengthen those who are who are just reaching Greeley, and and strengthen those who who are seeing pain every day. And I just ask that you would soften the hearts of those people that, that are, are being 
for those who maybe think that they're not seen, that you would just give them a glimpse of, of themselves through your eyes and that you would, you would help them to see how these workers are seeing them and pursuing them and bring them into your kingdom. And God, a, a very, very special partnership in my heart is Haiti. Thank you so much for the opportunity right now to pray for them because of what I know they're walking through. Spirit, only you know how to help them. Only you know what Haiti needs and only you know for sure how to make yourself known. And I just ask that that roar that we heard in May, that lion that we saw, that you would just continue, continue to, to make yourself known. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Dear Lord, I just thank you today for Church Project. I look out and see each and one of us sitting here, coming here because of you, because of your spirit on our hearts. God, I want to thank you for Aaron and his family. God, for the dream that you gave them to start here in Greeley. God, to start from their house to another building, to another building, to this building. God, and whatever you have coming next. God, we are spread out among Greeley as your followers. I thank you so much for that. And I lift up Aaron and his family, God, Lauren, girls, that you would be with them during this time of break, during this time to refocus, that you would just set their eyes on you, God. Give them a breath from the crazy years they've had, where you've taken them, those thorns, God, that they've all been through as a family. God, we've seen it with them and prayed for them and right now I lift them up as they are away that you would, your spirit would just be rejuvenating to them that when they come back God, they would be on fire for you, God that it would spread out among us that your spirit would be over us to love each other and to see you, God and as we take this break from house church this month, Lord I lift up the pastors as well, that you would be with them, that you would give them break and strength. And God, that our house churches would multiply, that your spirit would be in us, that we would be house churches that gather on Sunday morning, that we would be living out there on a weekly basis. God, that we would be multiplying for your growth and your glory. I ask these things in your son's name. Father, we just are so thankful for you, for how big you are, for how powerful. Father, I come before you this morning, and I, I want to intercede on behalf of Greeley, this city that we live in, this city that needs you, Lord Jesus. Father, I choose 
I choose to see the good things in Greeley. The parks and the trees and, and the, the lakes and um, the revitalization going on, Lord Jesus. So many people um, choose to see the negatives of Greeley, Lord. But I pray that we would see the good. I pray that we would see the flowers in the thorns of our city, Lord Jesus. I pray for the government that leads our city. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would use them to do a mighty work in this town, Lord Jesus, that we call home. Father God, these people that live here, they need you. We all need you every day, every day, Lord Jesus. And I thank you that we are interceding on behalf of of a community of people, Lord Jesus. I pray for the churches, Lord, that are, are proclaiming your truth here in this city. And I thank you for them, Lord Jesus. I thank you that we are the church. We are a body of believers. Father, spread your word and your message and your truth and your love through the people that you have called to you, Lord Jesus. Spread it to those people that do not know you, who do not see you, who have scales on their eyes, Lord Jesus. I pray for the people in this town. There is so much hurt. There is so much need, and you have it. You have the answers, Lord. You have all that they need, Lord Jesus. And I thank you that when we don't have the words to pray, that your word tells us that not only is Jesus interceding on our behalf and on the behalf of our city, but so is the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. And I can't think of two greater powers to be praying for us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for Greeley. May your will be done here as it is in heaven. Father, it's been good to be in your house today. It's been good to hear the message about needing our bold and persistent prayer, not to change your heart, but to change ours. And God, oh, I pray. I pray for our country, and I pray for changed hearts. I pray for your spirit to just move, move in the hearts of your people, God. Um, you tell us to humbly, if we humbly come before you, you will heal our land, and that's what I'm praying for, that you will heal our land. Start a revival, God. Start it right in my own heart, and may it burn like fire across our country, that each person, they will recognize you in a new way, and for those who don't know you, they will come to know you. We know you can do it, God, and it's all by the work of your spirit, and we ask boldly, persistently, audaciously, whatever word Jeff used, I can't remember. Change us, God. May our hearts and minds be focused on you from here on out. Use us even just this week, for the rest of this week, God. In Jesus' name, amen.